my name is Mikhail Woodward, and I am the beer ambassador. And uh, thanks for tuning in with some some little bit of uh, some let's call it dreamy music, some sleepy music. I don't know. Um, I'm here every five every, every Tuesday at five o'clock from five to six o'clock talking about the world of craft beer. Running a little bit late today. I, I'm trying to uh, uh, see about getting an engineer in the studio, and uh, I think actually I'll just put Kevin on the air. He's going to come in and maybe kind of join me. He's in the studio today, um, and and maybe we'll get an engineer where I'm going out doing live. I was hoping to do a. I basically had to do the show from the from home the last couple of weeks, which if you're listening, you probably realize that. But um, I'm trying to get an engineer in the studio so that I can do that if I'm at home, uh, or um, or if I'm going to be what I'm preferring to do a live gig from a brewery or, or some kind of event like that. But anyways, uh, Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, I want to say. Time. Yeah, first time. Yeah, this is first time, at least on my show. Yes. Um, so uh, without, uh, you know, uh, we're just meeting and stuff, but I want to say thanks for coming in and trying to engineer. Uh, my and, pleasure. And thanks for putting out some music while I'm, because you guys didn't expect me to be, to be here today, and I wasn't either. I didn't know if it was going to work out, because I've been trying to get a car for the last few weeks. Um, but uh, what show do you do normally? Actually, my show was this morning, Sports Matters, from 8 to 9, and um, I just got back from Australia. Oh, nice. down under for the Australian Open. So. Oh, I see that. The, yeah. Your hat. Yes, okay. yes. Got it right they, here. So the Australian Open is a big golf tournament. They have some other good things going on, but this time of year, it's all about the Australian Open, a little bit of cricket, and uh, they love drinking their beer. Let me tell yeah. you. It's, it's kind of iron- the irony that I'm actually on your show right now. Well, um, dude, that's perfect for me. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Australian beer, because all I've had is, uh, uh, you know, Foster's, you know, and they talk about, you know, <laughs> you, you Foster's, but, that's, that's I'm trying to remember the old line is something, that's that's short for beer. Australian maybe. for Australian beer. Australian for beer, yeah. that's right, I'm trying to remember. I used to get the oil cans. I didn't see too much of that. You know what's so crazy about uh, Melbourne, as they say down there, it's, yeah. it's almost like that southern, you know, twang yeah. to so it, So they don't put, they don't say the born, Melbourne. Yeah, they don't say the born like we yeah. do in America, yeah. you know. Melbourne. But that's, that, that's the way we w- would pronounce it, but... A lot of the beers, you know, I was actually drinking Guinness. I was actually drinking uh, Spates. Yeah, that's from New Zealand. That's actually one of my favorite beers, Spates okay. Lager. Um, their beers, you know, especially those serving at the Australian Open, it's just one of their basic beers. And oh, I'm just like, why am I drawing a blank right now? But it's only 4.5% okay. alcohol. I think they just want to keep things nice and light. That's, that's probably why these Aussies drink so much beer. Especially when they're attending these Australian Open events, they get a little rowdy there. They really yeah. rally behind their their home crowd, if they will. And the nice thing about the home country is they give these wild cards to their to their home players. So both men's and women's, you know, uh, slate, and they really rally behind their locals. There, actually, one of the matches was really cool. Was uh, Rafa Nadal was taking on uh, uh, his name was uh, Matty Ebden. Yeah. And uh, they were really heckling the heck out of Rafa. They weren't like, you know, cursing at him or anything like that. They were just giving him a hard time. Finally, one of them, one guy just yells out, why don't you just give him a chance? Because, you know, Nadal was just eating this guy up for dinner. Yeah. And finally, Nadal turned around to one of the guys and says, how much tequila have you had to drink? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Did uh, Tell me, tell me. Um, I mean, dude, I've always wanted to go to Australia. And, um, you know. Uh, I, I used to, my, my brother and I used to joke around with people who would go on the, I, I'm pretty good at an Irish accent and uh, been pretty, but I was pretty good at an Australian accent at one time. I haven't done it in a long time, so I'd be pretty, pretty bad now. But I had some people believe that I was there, you know, coming from there for a while. Um, but, you know, 
uh, I'm, I'm sure the people are very warm and open. But did you find any craft breweries there? Or, or I mean, how, tell me about your experience in, in general there. Well, it was a, it was a little tough. We stayed right downtown in the Central Business District. Sure. So that was the walking distance to the Australian Open. So we're primarily going there because the first week there was a ton of tennis to watch. So we're doing that. And then what we do is we go to Chapel Street where my friend uh, works. And she works in several bars there. So they're really – what's really getting big in Melbourne is the gin. The gin is really taking over. They have – they, it's really exploded in a sense of Four Pillars Gin is one of their uh, styles of gins that they have actually, they're infusing their grape, uh, their wine grapes into it. So they had a Shiraz Gin that was just outrageous. And they're really like, it's going more towards that direction. The wineries are, are now starting to produce gin. So a little less from the Yarra Valley and the wine country. They're still, they're still producing wine, but they're actually, gin is becoming the thing. And it's kind of sweeping the countryside. And as far as beer, well, I mean, spirits are kind of going that way everywhere. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but but I think really, they go in cycles because that happened yeah. centuries ago too. But it's yeah. a different story. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah you're right though. It, it's it's like cyclical, but it's right now gin's the hot thing, and that's kind of what's taking over. And they're really into their craft cocktails, uh, really doing like the whiskey sours, but doing it the old school way from scratch. You know, the gin sours. Uh, they got uh, the the espresso martini is a very unique, tedious process. Watching a bartender make this drink, it takes about five minutes to make, and it's just amazing. But um, I mean, that seems like a long time for a drink, but uh, but you're saying it tastes good. It's, uh, worth, it's it, worth the wait. It, yeah, it, it's worth the wait. You have a couple of those, but you definitely want to intermix some beer in because you know that can that can set you off. <laughs> sure. What what I mean, what's the base? What are they? Is gin and what? Do you know? With the gin sour, I mean they're they're using you know egg whites, they're frothing things up. Uh, they're and then the type of four pillars gin that they were using is a very limited bottle. They can only get in Melbourne is the the four pillars and it's called the Shiraz. So it's got Shiraz grapes infused in with the junipero berry. Yeah, that's so cool. you got this really good quality gin, and you know and they will just use fresh juices and and uh, you know whipping up the egg whites and it's just a very tedious process when they make this gin sour. But after you have it, you're like. There's no other way to drink gin like this. That's it, cool. You know, you got the froth like you know, literally like a half inch thick on the edge of the glass, and yeah. So it's really done upright. So that that was pretty unique. It, it's kind of like the trend. And Chapel Street's more of one of those type of streets where there's a lot of good restaurants, but there's a lot of great bars. There's speakeasies, so you, there's a lot of trot. They're really into their tiki drinks too, so they like oh, their yeah. tiki bars. Went to a speakeasy, got this zombie, and uh, zombie? Made with a with a budakempe uh, rum that they have there. Sure. And it's about the only drink that you get a good strong drink because they're really strict about their their pours over there. They're really strict with their alcohol, okay, rightfully so. Hence the beer being four point five percent. Their local beer. It's a green can. I just I am so sorry. I can't think of the name. And it's right not now. Foster's because Foster has a green can. too. Yeah, Foster's is a green can too. But it's just they more the their basic. The it starts with a C. I just try to think of it. It's it's yeah. Crewers or it's, it's something like a, a real basic name. But uh, you want to look it up? Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, it's interesting, um, but you didn't get into like uh, uh, crap breweries or anything like that. No, I, and I know they're around there. It's just something we have to do the next time I'm back because you know, with all the tennis that we were watching, uh, went with a good friend of mine, and then you know, it, really exploring the restaurants. There's not a lot of difference between Melbourne and here per se. There's it's pretty much the same style of food. You yeah. know, it's really heavily influenced by South a- East Asia, so you see a lot of that. We're right next to Chinatown too, so that. I made a little bit of difference, but we did hit up a couple pubs and 
you know, tried some of their their local beers, but I just wish I would have written them down had I known I was going to be on this show. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you didn't know, but that's okay. So let me ask you, I mean, I love to travel. I haven't traveled in a while, but anytime you go in another place and experience the culture and, and um, the language, the food, the drink, uh, of course, the beer, uh, to me, it's amazing. Uh, next month, my my uh, I have a daughter who's going to be turning 12, and two days later, she's going with her mother, uh, my ex-wife, to uh, to the Philippines because her mother's from the Philippines. Oh wow! And uh, so there, you know, she's going to go get to experience this whole culture through uh, being there and and you know food and all that stuff. And so I think it's a, a pretty amazing. Um, I am fascinated. On I'm curious, uh, what made you want to go to see the Australian Open? Obviously, you have a sports show uh, on Tuesday mornings from eight to nine. Is it right? Um, so, uh, I mean, that was that part of it uh, that you wanted to? Hey, I'm going to cover it for the show, or that was just a coincidence that you guys had planned this? No, that's a part of it. Uh, you know, starting our third season, Matt and I really wanted to challenge ourselves, and we've we've been really breaking out of our shell. We, we actually been highlighting a lot of UCI sports. We actually been attending some of the UCI sports sure. games, so really highlighting that. And then I went to Indian Wells with my good friend, who I end up going to the Australian Open. And after attending Indian Wells. It's ATP 1000. It's a Masters tournament. It's like one of the, the biggest tournament before you get to the Grand Slam, and it was amazing. I thought, wow, I don't play tennis, but after watching you know, both the men's and women's, both the doubles on sure. both sides, and, and the level of competition, just it's like watching a boxing match when you yeah. watch the singles match. Oh, and they're good. I, you know yeah. what? Um, I have an ex-girlfriend from when I was really young, um, and uh, her, her and her mother were into tennis, and I got into tennis. And I used to, I mean, I haven't watched it in years where I watch all the opens, you know, or the, or the Grand Slam uh, events. Um, but I used to watch the U.S. Open and, and, and the French and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but it, it's cool to, to hear about some of those because when you're talking about that, I, I re, I, the part of what I related to is the personalities, but this back and forth, back and forth uh, that, and, and sometimes, you can get a, a match that's like six, seven, eight hours, even ten hours long, and you're like, "What in the world?" And it, the the athleticism yes. that it takes for them to be able to go oh, and yes. continue, and and the men, the mental challenge. I thought uh, it's a pretty cool sport, you know. You know and, I, and, and then you yeah. try and play it. And yeah. I played, so I can play almost every sport, but not yeah. great. But I'm not professional, but I can yeah. do them well. But tennis is really hard to play. I mean. <laughs> it's just getting once you get the artistry of, of actually hitting the ball with yeah. with the racket. But when you watch like, like these top players, obviously they make it look so easy. But when you watch someone like a Rafa Nadal, he hits the ball with such force. But it's not so much the force; it's the top spin that he puts sure. on it. So this ball is coming at you, and he puts the most RPMs. So it's like nineteen hundred RPMs on the spin. Wow. When it's coming at you, that's what makes it so hard to combat. Except Djokovic had no problem with him in the finals because Djokovic just hits the ball even harder. Yeah. <laughs> But so, you know, but to answer your question, I was inspired by the Indian Wells tournament. I just thought, wow, you know, this is like a boxing match. You know, There's some really great matches. And yeah. when I was at the Australian Open, to give you an example, if Roger Federer went up against a Great Britain guy, Daniel Evans. Yeah, clean, clean, one of the cleanest games I've ever seen. There's only six unforced errors total between the two of them, and. You know, Federer ended up edging him out in an extra set. You know, he did it in three straight sets, but, it, you know, two of them went to a tiebreaker. Yeah. But then the third set, Federer just finished him off like oh, Federer does. That must have been cool. <laughs> I mean, he's a great player. Crown was the name of the beer. Oh, that Crown. Was like, yeah, it's just a green can, Crown. It's like one of their basic beers. And, sure. 
I guess it's probably so it's a, a good local, thing. To, local, yeah, it's a local one in Melbourne. It's uh, you know four point four point five percent alcohol, but it's a good, just a refreshing beer. But when you're in that heat, you really don't want to be drinking heavy stuff. At the end of the night, I was night capping because there was just a, a little Irish pub right around the corner from sure. us. That's why we were getting Guinness and just closing yeah. out the night that way. You, you know, can find Guinness all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that right? Um, yeah. That's what I mean. It's I tell people it's one of my gateway beers and still an old favorite. I mean, if I was in a place a few, uh, about a month or so ago, and I couldn't, that, no, no other beers, so I'm like, give me the Guinness, and I was happy. Um, but that's rare for where I go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you go to sports events, what what I like to talk to people about as well. I mean, is, I mean, beer goes everything. I mean, beer goes great with food. Uh, it, you know, if you're a brewery, it brings people together and stuff. But uh, if you're at a sporting event, uh, unless you're just you know don't drink at all, um, it, I don't care if it's hockey, I don't, uh, or if it's basketball, or I mean, even here on campus when I went to see. Uh, UCI play we, we get beers to watch the basketball team sure. right and they sell yeah. them here that's it's great so um it doesn't matter the sport football whatever I mean Super Bowl Sunday's coming up next Sunday you're gonna you know I'm sure people right now even those who are listening there's some home brewers and they're, they're they've made beers just for Super Bowl Sunday um the people who who, who don't homebrew that there are people who buy kegs and specialty beers just for Super Bowl Sunday and uh, and and others, if not, then they're going to go to a, you know, a bar or a brewery to be able to watch the game and be able to enjoy some good 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 beer. I know? wonder how much beer actually gets drunk on a <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, you know what? That's a a good thing. I'll yeah. try and look it up while we're talking here, yeah. um, because I I know that um, I was I was I was watching a thing about potatoes, and they were talking about potato chips, and they're talking about how many millions of pounds that that are consumed a year, and and I don't remember the actual, so don't, if you're out there listening, you can give me the numbers, but you know, don't, it's not about challenging. I'm not telling right. you the exact right one, but I, I want to say it was like 18 million pounds of potato chips are consumed on Super Bowl Sunday alone. I remember you know? they came out with stuff like that. They had like stats, you know, with certain foods and how many pounds of this and that, you know, was consumed just on one day, Super Bowl Sunday. But get it back to what you're saying. Even if you're not, uh, you don't drink alcohol. And I think you know about this beer. There's a really good non-alcoholic beer that, that's actually made in Germany. It's called Bitburger. You know, it's I, a, I've heard of Bitburger. Yeah. I've had that. I, I want to say I've tried it before, but it's been a long time. Um, but yeah, tell us about it. It's one of those beers. It's just it, it's it's got a the, like same texture as a lager. It tastes like a lager. It just doesn't have the kick in it. So it doesn't taste like a non-alcoholic beer. And I like some of the like the really bland some of the american beers and i really won't name names I don't want, I really so don't you, want you like commercial loggers that are american style loggers right i tell you what it's so blown up in the u.s and i was trying to explain that to some of the aussies down in, in uh, melbourne because uh i they're craft beers i didn't really get a chance to explore but i will next year when i go for the australian open in 2020 i'm gonna do more beer exploring because sure. i really want to find out where are the, all the good australian beers because yeah. i was asking about that for a little bit there and it just there really wasn't much to choose from. I said in the U.S., let alone just in each state. I mean, each county, everybody has their own craft beers. I mean, just in Orange County alone, you can name at least 10 different craft beers, you know. San Diego, there's yeah. so many great craft well, beers. There's over 160 craft breweries down there in San Diego. Um, we have over 40. I don't know what the actual number is, but uh, roughly, let's just say 40 here in, in Orange County. Um, L.A. is behind San Diego. And then you have Northern California and stuff, and but there's uh, about approximately, um, give or take, because I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers in about 
five months, four or five months. But I can tell you in September of, of last year, we had uh, 947 breweries here in, in California, and they were slated to push past 1,000. So we're, we're hovering around 1,000 That's breweries. astounding yeah. when you think about that number. And I'm from a city, uh, a city of Cincinnati, where beer was a huge thing. Even before uh, Prohibition, they had the most the most crap beers of anybody, and a lot of it was done underground in, in the uh, the tunnels of the subway that never was. <laughs> yeah. And and now they just have a lot of craft beers. So when I go back to Cincinnati, there's always a new place. Hey, my brother wants to take me here. You want to go here? Hey, there's Rhine Geist. You ever been there? You know, there's all these, like, craft beers. So, yeah, like you said, you know, it's really blown up in the U.S. It's just I didn't see it that much in Australia. But like I said, the gin is really blown up there. Obviously, their, their Australian wines are pretty st- still pretty popular. But, you know, in yeah. the summertime when it gets that hot, you know, when it's like in the hundreds – you know, our, our, you know, Fahrenheit, it's nice to have those softer beers. So I get crap. you. It's funny. Cause my, uh, one of my buddies, he always texts me when I'm on Rick. Thanks for listening, Rick. Uh, Rick, uh, told me, Hey, Bitburger, they always have them at the Phoenix club events. Cause we do events at the Phoenix club. Um, probably. And I, and I do think I remember that at the, at the, uh, Oktoberfest this last year. Um, but, uh, so I, I just wanted to talk about for a second because we mentioned it. And I wanted to people to know because I did look it up. Um, they talk about a lot of things. You know, I, this to me is amazing. We have we we consume for Super Bowl Sunday, a hundred and one hundred point thirty three billion chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, that's um, crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. But but what we consume or chug as they say, um, but I'm going to say consume or drink. Uh, is 325 million gallons of beer during Super Bowl. Wow. Um, and this is, <laughs> that might be a little low now. Because you I'm you to say see. gallons, 325 million gallons yeah, of and beer. This is, and That's this insane. Is, and, and this, uh, honestly, I mean, it's from last year. So right. just add to it this year. <laughs> yeah. The fact that the Rams haven't been in the Super Bowl in forever. Oh. You, got, you got the young wizard versus the old wizard. It's, yeah. It's, it's just an epic matchup. I mean, it's, let's it, talk about that because... Not only am I excited about it, um, you know, I grew up a Rams fan. They left, then I became a Niners fan. Um, but they came back, and um, I don't know if people know this, but if you're here on campus, you knew. For the last uh, three years, their their summer uh, practice is here on campus at UCI because our studios are on the UCI campus. And so um, kind of became a fan again you know my my daughter was here one time and met a couple of the guys and they took pictures and cool i mean they're just cool you know now i haven't been able to make it to any of the practices here well that's that's a good thing why i'm here because i had that opportunity that's another thing i was able to they're really nice first of all i want to thank the los angeles rams and artist twyman who's the the senior media director for the los angeles rams and he's been with them since back in st louis so his loyalty is now being paid off because he gets to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but he allowed our UCI media department to have media access, and they allowed one of us from KUCI, you know, one at a time. So I could go or my partner. So next Matt, time I could go too? Yeah, sure. Oh, you man, let's make it, it happen. Out. Yeah. You can make it happen. Okay. And it's really cool. And then at the end, I'm able to talk to a player. I could participate in the press conferences. So what you see in camp, so they do the first three weeks here, and then they finish it up in a thousand oaks, so they can market to both counties, both sure. LA and Orange County. And um, I really saw the coming together of this team. Even last year, it's like first of all, last year he, Sean McVay just completely changed the culture almost overnight. 
by changing the uniforms or in the blue and whites, you know, the old yep. school like Deacon Jones used yeah, to yeah, wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I, honestly, I got the new socks. I got the blue and white, yeah. or it's black, blue, and white, but blue but and white they're socks. Cool. They're cool uniforms. And I know they're rocking the, the, the kind of like they're trendier from the early 2000 uniforms this year. They did that like a handful of games. But like Coach Sean McVay says, he goes, it doesn't matter what color uniform you wear. We're here to win. Yeah. And they they did a really fine job, you know, adapting to the new rules because definitely the, the game is geared towards who could score the most points. They really changed the, the the rules to where really favors the offenses, as you saw that record Monday night game against Kansas City at the LA Memorial oh, Coliseum. I mean, I mean listen, that was insane. They had a, a phenomenal season. I mean, uh, I honestly was hoping it wasn't the Patriots going against the Rams because the Patriots been, but but you have to give it to to Brady. Um, but but I, I'm impressed with both teams, and it's really cool to have someone that's local, uh, a local team. Indeed, uh, that's in in Super Bowl, and 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 because we haven't had that forever. But we're also witnessing history. We've never seen a coach this young come in. True. Two years later, he's got his team in the Super Bowl. That's just I, I didn't even think that was going to happen that fast. But when I was at camp this year, I really thought this team's really special. I'm not like that shocked that they're in the Super Bowl because I, I saw what what developed in camp. That's why I recommend you come down here. It's free. It's a fun experience. It is. Even, even without media access, you're still right there. You're up close and personal. You're watching the plays develop. You're also watching Zerline kicking those 70 yard field goals. Oh, he was nailing it right down the middle. Really? I mean, that guy could kick it from the 40 on his own <laughs> on their own 40 <laughs> if he needed to. Nice, nice. But you know, obviously, he kicked a 57 yarder to win yeah. down in New Orleans. Yeah. But it's just like you said; it's been a great season. They, they, oh, they it's faced been some an adverse. exciting season. I mean, not just them; like yeah. every team in yeah. the last three or four weeks, or last, uh, I'd say, month and a half, two months, whatever. It's been pretty, pretty amazing. Football. But this is the first year where where the best four teams were in, in their their respective conference championship games, and then the best two teams won. So you got the best two teams in a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I I know it's uh, a lot of people like to you know blame on a bad call that wasn't called in New Orleans, but that could have gone either way because I watched that play over and over and over again. The cornerback was behind on the route, but when you watch it, the timing of the throw, that if he just looked at the ball, he probably could have intercepted the ball. Mm. And that would have ended the game right there because sure. then the Rams would have gone down, kicked the field goal, and end of regulation. But, you know, he tackled the receiver without the ball, and that's a foul. But there were several penalties that weren't called earlier in that game because I was watching that game down in Melbourne early in the morning, that is, Monday morning at 7 a.m. is when the game started because they're a day ahead. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, they, they earned it, and the Saints had a chance to win it in overtime, and, you know, they turned the ball over. You know, got to credit the Rams front four forcing that turnover. Big Aaron Donald, and I think he's going to be key in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. getting pressure up the middle because you, you can't send, like you say, it's scary that the Patriots are in it and you don't want to send too many people against Tom Brady because he's going to slice you up. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, there's, what, what is a 17, 18-year difference between the two quarterbacks? Um, yep. But it's cool to see a young buck and, a, and an old oh, yeah. timer I mean, going against it. The quarterback it. is eight and a half years older than the head coach, Sean McVay. <laughs> I mean, just think about that, that for that, a minute. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let that sink in. It's it's um, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but it should be exciting. It should be exciting for the L.A. Orange County. It's like the Dodgers. You know, played the Red Sox in a World Series. Yes, came up short against the Boston Red Sox, superior team. But hopefully, this time around, we can see David beat Goliath this time around. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a big Dodgers fan. Uh, and um, I would have loved to see them do better. But uh, as you say, I mean, it just it, 
come it just i mean they were a better team this year and it just it just happened um it just it was just weird how they just came together and just were the best team all year and and uh rarely does the best team usually win you know but yeah. I, I think the dodgers are good enough to win a world series so i'm you know i'm hoping that um whatever these moves they made in the off season um will help them this year but right now we're all for the la rams because this is rams week and it is rams week so, so it, it, I, I just there was a thing that i heard you say and i have to go back to it yeah go ahead and i want to yeah. bring in what you're going to do for super bowl sunday and beers because you know we have to keep it a little bit beer related absolutely um but I love um, beer. Are you kidding? No, so do I, and that's why we got yeah. into sports i mean honestly they work hand in hand so anyone out there if they're listening they're like they're not talking about enough beer i, I doubt it because they, they're all in the sports too um but i but i just noticed you were talking about a day ahead because you were watching when you were in australia Right, I was in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's I, I think that's fascinating. So you went for the Australian Open. You were in there. You're you're really on on sports, obviously, and and so you're watching. Was it was it hard to find the game there? I mean, not at all. They had it right on the sports channel. Um, I just woke up in the morning and I just kind of clicked through the channels because they had like five channels covering the Australian Open. And that's okay. right in their backyard. And yeah. then uh, one of the channels was for cricket, but at seven a.m. was uh, was the, when the first championship game started. And that was the Rams versus Saints. So gotcha. Had, so the Rams versus Saints, and then follow that was that epic, you know, Kansas City versus uh, oh. versus uh, uh, New England, which was that was epic too. And that's the first time in history that both championship games went into overtime. I gotcha. So I'm going to stop you for a second. We're going to sure. bring in my buddy uh, Bert uh, on the line. Bert, you there? I am here, and it sounded like you guys were talking about Super Bowl. We are we are talking about Super Bowl, and I'll get back to. Uh, uh, Kevin here in a second, but um, what are your thoughts on, on beer and Super Bowl? Drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. Drink. Drink, I, drink drink, and enjoy watching the game. I really, it really, really doesn't matter what you enjoy to drink as long as you drink what your mood tells you to drink and have an amazing time watching Super Bowl. Yeah, do you have plans for Super Bowl and where you're going to be at? Um, or are you going to have certain beers at home? What, what's going on with that? I am probably drinking IPA with my um, football neighbor that used to play for the Saints, and the last two years he played for the Rams as a linebacker, and um, probably one of my other friends who used to be a pitcher in Major League Baseball. We're probably going to hang out well beer, guys. We're hey. probably going to hang out, watch the game, and drink beer. Wait, wait. How come I don't get invited to this party, first of all? And second, who used to play for the Rams you're hanging out with? <laughs> Well, one of my neighbors. Okay, okay, you got Mike, got Mike. Mike. Well, you have to think of his last name. Oh, I hate no, no, name. no. Mike, Mike Carney, Mike Carney. But you know, it's uh, they're very, they're, they're all very private, former ball players. I got you. No, that's really, really cool. I mean, to me, that's most of us don't get that experience. We're gonna watch Super Bowl uh, Sunday with someone who uh, basically used to play in the league. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Do you know who he's talking about, Kevin? Mike Carney? Yes, yes, because he played with New Orleans for a little bit there too. It was like yeah. seven years, six or seven years with the Saints, and then the last two years with the Rams. Did he? He won a Super Bowl with New Orleans, didn't he? Back in '09. I don't remember. He never wears a ring. Yeah. I mean, he wears his wedding ring, yes, but he never yeah. wears another ring. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I that's, that's not something the you wear. We're going to drink is going to be really crazy. So because. We we gonna go everything from fresh Budweiser on tap to IPAs on tap, and then beers, beers in cans and bottles. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I mean, it's, you're right though, man. Mike was I think it was 
probably I think it was six years with um, with the Saint. Uh, that was Kevin, but um, but yes, he was. You guys are agreeing that he was at the Saints. Um, so cool. So you're gonna have a variety of beer and food. You're gonna be hanging out with uh, some some friends, and they are also <laughs> ex-sports players. Maybe we can get them on Kevin's show. Maybe we can because uh, he does a show uh, about sports every Tuesday from eight to nine in the morning. Um, so this well, fine, because because Mike um, he actually did. I think after leaving playing um, playing in the league, he had I think two years where he was trying to break into broadcasting as well. And I know he's doing other things right now, but because breaking into broadcasting is it's a tough gig. Yes, I know. I've been here for four and a half years, <laughs> but. Um, well, I want to go back to to Kevin here. Kevin, um, are you are, are you having a party? Are you spent? Are you are you planning any special beers? Or are you just picking up whatever? I mean, is there a, a pre plan since you're a sports guy? No, I'm going to be serving them up. I'm I'm working a Super Bowl party, so I'll be serving it up. Gotcha. So, anything special you want to talk about or mention, or no plans for anything? I'm, yeah, I'm working Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, I'm sure we you know serving up some of those North Coast beers. I, I think you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. with. Uh, like a, the old stock barrel ale, you know, scrimshaw stuff like that. Okay, yeah, you know, we got specials on that. So gotcha. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. But it, you know, I enjoy that part of it because you're still around people that are just. It's it's going to be really busy because the L.A. Rams draw. You know, it's a local team. Finally, we've got a local team back in the Super Bowl going up against you know Goliath of the New England Patriots. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a busy because the last couple of years wasn't so great. Maybe because I know. <laughs> I, and you thought they were going to do, I mean, especially the first season, they just didn't do really well. And then last year, was, you know, it was kind of half and half. But that, all of a sudden, they just came into their prime, right? It's like they did. They found their groove and, and were doing it. Um, very cool. So I'm going to segue to you, Bert, for a second. Bert, um, part, even though it's not Super Bowl, uh, you and I were talking about uh, today originally. Um, I was going to try to see if we could get Garrett Oliver, and I'll just mention that to everybody else there. If you haven't heard of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Brewery, they're, uh, they've been around for almost 30 years, I think. Um, they've been around 30 years, yeah. Yeah, 30 years. Big. And uh, they are out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, and they make fantastic beers, and they are just uh, officially hitting the, the California market and distribution uh, 30 years later. And so they're having a. Uh, I'm going to have you talk about it a little bit more with some of the details, maybe there, uh, Bert. And if you're not sure what they are, uh, bring them up, please. But uh, Bert and I were going to try to go to an event tonight, and that's why Kevin was going to be the engineer. Um, and uh, that didn't really work out. Um, but tomorrow night, Bert and I are going to be going to an event in Los Angeles where they're doing a beer talk. The the owner. And uh, you can tell me what that is. I can't remember his name right now, but the owner uh, of. Brooklyn Brewery, as well as the brewer, the head brewer Garrett Oliver, and um, and so I, I couldn't get them. I couldn't make it all happen tonight. And uh, and so, anyways, we're here, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go see them tomorrow, and hopefully, we'll get some coverage for you guys soon. But what's really cool is that they're gonna be distributing here in California now, and you can get their lager as well as their hoppy sour here in California, which I know that you just tried, Bert. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, they are, they're sour. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, low on alcohol, the ABV is only, I believe, like 5.5%, but it's spot on. And it's uh, um, it's like a blonde blonde sour and uh, 
with ch- some cherry undertones, and there's it's it's a beginner it's a beginner sour because I think that's their market in general. They their lager is probably their main their main core beer that they have, and uh, what made them famous. And they, the lager is great, and um, but their sour is like spot on. And um, I got a six pack, and um, I'm actually closing in on finishing the six pack in a couple of days. They launched in Southern California, middle of last week. And they're on um, the founder, owner, and brewmaster. And they're on um, the California t- tour. They started in San Diego end of last week. They're doing, uh, actually, the big day is tomorrow. Today they're having a kind of a, a tap takeover partial at, at the bar in downtown L.A. Tomorrow is a beer talk for an hour and um, with an after party. And then on uh, and they're moving on to Oakland, where they have another beer talk in a couple of days, uh, in Northern Cal. And then, um, well, they're in Orange County, I think, tomorrow. Sorry, the day after tomorrow. But it's not with a beer talk, and I don't think uh, the two of them are going to be there. It's more they're making a splash at some different bars, having a, their opening of um, California right now. 30 years and never gone to the West Coast, and... But we have um, we have brewers on the West Coast that never gone to the East Coast. Uh, I had a meeting earlier today with one of California's older brewers, called Strauss, out of San Diego. They're celebrating 30 years as well. And uh, unless things have changed in the last six, 12 months, they've never been outside of California. Their whole market is California, and they're still a top 10 brewer in the nation. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, the whole thing, you know, congrats to Carl Strauss, congrats to uh, uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Um, it's amazing, you know, to make it to make it several years or five or ten years is pretty awesome. Um, to, when, you can, when you can be in for like 20 to 30 years, wow. Um, so to have one in California, uh, I, you know, West Coast and East Coast, Brooklyn Brewery, uh, it's pretty awesome to have both of those. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what you think about all that, uh, Bert. I, I agree 100% with uh, the age. When a brewery can be 30 years, it's, that's kind of the beginning of uh, the true craft beer industry in the country. I don't know how much further back, maybe you or Kevin knows how, how much further back it goes. Who's who's much older than 30 years? Ballast is, Point is, and Firestone's not. Um, yes, you get other brewers that may... Um, like Anchor, Anchor is older, I believe, than 30, but um, um, out of the true, like, beginners of people that really went into craft brewing, I think 30 years is, is pretty awesome. I got you, Any my thoughts, friend. Any thoughts, Kevin, on, on the age? Do you know anyone that's older than 30? Or do you, Mikhail, know anyone that's older than 30 years or way older than 30 years? I'm not talking Hogarden from 1445 or Stella from 1365 because they consider themselves craft brewers as well in their own in their own right out of Europe. Uh, and uh, But in, for what we consider craft, the craft brew beers in our country, um, I don't know who's, who, can, how old the, the oldest one is. I never actually looked it up. You know, I don't know. I mean, the only one that I know is older um, that I that I understand is older is um, Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada, and I know. And the only reason I know this, um, and I have to go see exactly 
when it was, but uh, Sierra Nevada, I remember being at HomebrewCon last year, and Ken Grossman is celebrating 50 years in the brewing industry, but that doesn't mean Sierra Nevada's 50 years old, so I'd have to look at how old they are, um, but you get, you know, you get the point there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, especially in an industry that's moving as fast and staying creative enough with good beers, competing with all the the new craft the new craft beers versus the old craft beers um it's I, I, 30 years it's um it's old oh yeah i mean uh old in a good way it's, it's mature it's you know they 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 basically uh uh pushed us on i mean you know and that's why i think Sierra Nevada cuz technically Sierra Nevada started in the late 70s right so i i looked it up right now it's still as in, on top of being old, they're, they actually been brewing since 1980. So it is still 1980? Family, still family-owned. Okay, yeah, and they are. I mean, it's it's awesome. He had a partner for a period of time, but it's all him now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, I uh, One of my, my gateway beers was Sierra Nevada. Um, and then I, I remember when I first... I'd had them before, but I remember when I first moved down to San Diego back in 03, I think it was, um, going to Carl Strauss uh, and checking it out. And, and you know, now there's one here in Orange County in, in Anaheim. So um, There's two There's two at Carl Strauss in Orange County. There's one by, uh, there's one in Costa Mesa right by um, the, the, super, the big shopping center. You're right, I forgot about Costa that one. Mesa. And yeah. then there's the Anaheim right across the... Uh, from the stadium. Yeah, the the stadium is a little. That one's newer. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, there's good stuff there. Um, which brings us uh, back back to you know just talking about beer and what's going on. So if anyone else, I mean, I don't know if it's too late. We could tell people if they want to sign up for the thing and try and go tomorrow. Um, but um, but I it, think it, it may be it may be sold out because they have very limited seating for the beer talk event, but they can try. It's the, um, I don't have the, the exact link, but if they uh, search for Brooklyn beer talk Los Angeles uh, January thirtieth, they should come up and see if there's a link to it, and if the link still allows signups. It's I think it's from four to five. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so we'll see. If, anyways, Bert and I are going to be there. If you guys can, you know, you want to go see if there's still tickets available. It's not like it costs money. I think it was free, but free. You, had, you had to uh, sign up in advance because they have limited seating, as you were talking about. But I think it's going to be very cool to be there since they're, uh, you know, I mean, they, they've they've driven out to, to, or flown out, whatever, but they've come out to California from New York to uh, launch uh, their distribution out here and... Uh, and you know, basically, they're just iconic. If if you haven't uh, uh, heard of them, please go f- figure it out. And um, I mean, uh, I think it, I'm not sure if it was just Garrett or not, but I remember Garrett uh, wrote a book about um, you know starting a brewery, <laughs> and um, I think that's helped a lot of people who are uh, brewers in our local area. Honestly, you know. Um, to be able to get set up and understand what it takes to to open a brewery. <laughs> yeah, so, it does. I mean, they're in, they're in Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and uh, they, they've they been around, actually, they're on the 31st year. They started in 1988, 
and their signature beer is what made them famous and grow so big from the beginning was the lager and the lager competition for lagers um, east coast uh, where you got jingling you got still Budweiser and all the other core beers were always big back then but being relevant and moving into Southern Cal and Northern Cal California as a craft beer market with a competition we have with the awesome breweries and the amount of breweries we have and all the amazing beers that have been brewed in California after 30 years moving into um, California with our I think they're launching a sour, the lager, the IPA, a couple of the core beers right, right away, you know, staying relevant and going into one of the toughest markets uh, in the nation. I think it's pretty cool what they're doing. Uh, but they got the expertise, they got the knowledge, and they sure know how to brew awesome beer. That's for sure. And I'm looking forward to uh, uh, you know sharing one of those hoppy sours with you before they're gone. <laughs> or is it? Yeah. Well, if, if they're gone, I'll buy one more six pack. Ah, <laughs> yeah. It was funny because it's not your favorite, and I, I said, "Yeah, I get it. We'll split it." And then, are you? I said, "You said we'll split it." I said, "Sure." And then you're telling me they're almost gone. <laughs> that must be yeah, really well, good. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I get, I get another one. So, so tomorrow's beer talk for an hour is um, Garrett Oliver. And not only did he write a book, um, I haven't read it, but maybe you have. But he did write a book. But he's also a James Bird Award-winning brewmaster. Which is huge. Yeah, he's... Uh, that's not normal. And uh, Steve Hindy wrote a book, too. Yeah, so. and, and Steve is the uh, the main owner. Um, so together they're out here, and that's... I mean, to me, that's pretty iconic. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm sure that he and I have kind of maybe brussled around in the same areas before from GABF or HomebrewCon or something like that, but I... I who, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Um, of course, HomebrewCon, for anyone who wants to know, um, I, I'm just going to segue to it. Um, go to the American Homebrewers Association or HomebrewCon. I think you can look it up that way as well. And uh, they're going to be um, uh, in Rhode Island this year in June. And uh, last year they were in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon, if you don't know, that's uh, they, they call it Beervana. And there's so many breweries there. You can walk from brewery to brewery and... I mean, literally, they're they're thick. It's like crazy. But I, my understanding is where they're going to be in Rhode Island, I have to remember the city right now, um, is that it's similar that way on the East Coast as it here is on the West Coast. Um, and and I and even though there's a lot in San Diego, and you can watch just walk to some, I don't know if it's as many as 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 Portland, um, in, in 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 like. Uh, per capita and, and how, how close in vicinity they are. I think um, even though there's 160 in San Diego, <clears throat> but I heard recently some numbers, and I, I was going to talk about them this week, and I forgot what they are, but we don't have much time, was uh, that California now is like fourth or fifth on the on the list of, of um, not, not California, I mean San Diego. Uh, California's still top with the amount of breweries, but San Diego was like fourth or fifth on the list of how many breweries uh, are in that city, which I was like, whoa, that's crazy. But one of them's in the Midwest somewhere, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's just escaping me. Did, were you and I talking about that, Bert, or was that someone else I was talking with? What, the number of breweries in the Midwest? Well, they're, they're growing up everywhere. I think California, isn't it right now that we have over 900 breweries in California alone? Um, I think it's something like that. It's massive. Yeah, we have a whole lot. 
Um, I don't know. We'll have to find out. Right now, I was more talking about Super Bowl. <laughs> well, Super Bowl and beer is going to be fun. Super Bowl I mean, and beer. That's a given. Oh, and, and, Rick, and Rick just um, told me. Cold beer, ships, and salsa, and guacamole. Oh, yeah. Guacamole. So that's where I was going to segue. Eight, uh, eight, over eight million pounds of avocados are used for for guacamole on Super Bowl Sunday. That's that's amazing to me. Uh or is it eight? Or is this eight hundred million? Oh no, eight hundred thousand. No, know. it can't be eight hundred. What is that? It's it not eight hundred million. That's what? What is that number? That's a lot. That's. I'm sorry, not. Pounds. Yeah, I know, but pounds. that's eight 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 hundred million pounds. No, that's eight eight hundred million. That's it. Not eight million. Eight, 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 no million. way. Eight million pounds. My bad. Sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm going, what? Eight million pounds of avocados used on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. Um, but but we can go back to the beer. Uh, because, the, you know, I think we're going to break it this year, and you guys can help us out there, uh, that last year um, there were, you know, uh, quite a quite a few gallons there. So what was I, did I say? It was five, uh, 325 million gallons of beer. So I'm sure we'll break that this year. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Bert, anything you want to say in, in, in parting or, or tell people until next week? No, I'm. Um, I I think it's uh, it's awesome to be on the air talking with both of you today. It's um, uh, it's uh, hey, go Rams! Cheers, guys. Go Rams! And thanks for calling in, Bert, and helping me out for the last couple of weeks. Now we're going to have some regular uh, breweries and people in the in the other parts of the brewing industry coming back in. Um, I want to say thanks to Kevin, uh, who who. Uh, hopefully he's going to be helping me engineer when I'm not in the studio. But uh, thanks for coming on and talking about Super Bowl and sports with us. How, how was that, my friend? It was it was awesome. Thanks. It was a pleasure to be on here. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, it's always good to meet other DJs and someone who has a like-minded. Uh, to me, uh, beer goes with so many things, and it's cool to see it going with sports. Um, and and you know what's better is. Uh, I, honestly, I, I've never been to a sporting event and not had a beer, yeah, beer <laughs> except beer, for when I was a kid. Beer but, is part of our culture. Beer is part of our history. It always will be, especially the city I'm from. They've been doing craft beers for over 200 years. What's uh, that? Uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, rich, rich, Ohio. Rich, yes, they have a lot of rich history there. Yeah. You know, when the Germans settled in right after Prohibition, they really took over the whole uh, beer making, you know, the craft beers and stuff. So there's yeah. actually a really cool tour you could take where you go underground in some of the old subway tunnels where the old, like, breweries were during Prohibition because they used to pump out a lot of beers even during Prohibition. For sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, during Prohibition. It was funny when Prohibition was lifted. I can't remember what company it was, but one company showed up the next day with beer at the White House. Um, we got a little slap on the wrist because how if you just lifted it the day before, how do you make beer in one day? <laughs> <laughs> they should have waited a week yeah. <laughs> or two. But... um um yeah so anyone out there uh thank you for listening i am the beer ambassador you can find me on instagram at the underscore beer underscore ambassador also on uh facebook at the beer ambassador or the beer ambassador oc also the beer or beer ambassadors with mikael um which i think i'm going to merge those pages it's hard to keep up on on the on the different pages um and honestly i'm also on linkedin as the beer ambassador so uh until next week uh 
drink good beer, eat good food, hang out with good people like I am doing right now with Bert and uh, Kevin because beer brings people together and uh, drink more good beer. I'm here every Tuesday at 5 o'clock talking about the world of craft beer. We have some really good stuff coming up. If you didn't listen to it last week, I'm going to try and put up on a podcast. Uh, we had Back Channel Brewing from Minnesota talking about the beer bowls, and that was really fun too. Um, so thank you for listening and tuning in. And uh, next we have Beach Days, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon, my friends. Take care.